0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, The way you just pushed your hair back went to the beat of the song and I wasn't sure I was okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I kind of felt mentally violated for a second.
0: You got jealous. <laughs> I got, I got it's jealous. like watching Tom Brady play football. That's uh, how other fans to feel our, <laughs> when they watch Tom Brady play
1: football. Uh, it is Tuesday, June 18th. My name is Morgan Colby, if you never listened before, and I got Rick Lemon right across from me. Uh, and we bring you everything that there is to do with fantasy football. And uh, on today's episode, we are going to talk about sleepers for 2019, more specifically at the wide receiver position. But first, make sure you do the following. Head over to twitter.com. Make sure you put the dot com. No one uses apps, do they? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more more yeah, like what all are of society. 2005. Uh, no, go to Twitter, at the FF Champs. Go to Instagram, at the Fantasy Champions Like us on both those platforms and then go to facebook.com forward slash the fantasy champions. You can find us there. Subscribe wherever you listen to Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Click the bell on YouTube for notifications. Make sure you subscribe there. Leave a review because uh, the more reviews you leave, the larger our community gets and the larger our community gets, the more information we can provide you with for fantasy football. Uh, So share this podcast with your friends. Before we get into the sleeper segment, I want to go into the news first. There's okay. actually quite a bit of information. Is I... there? In the middle of June? <laughs> it's like little notes that will probably change as uh, you know the offseason goes oh, yeah. along. Training camp starts in like two weeks, I think. So uh, these are just some of the notes that we have. Todd Gurley is not concerned about his knee, and he doesn't expect it to affect his workload. Which is what you can expect from him. There was also news about Todd Gurley from his uh, personal trainer that he does have an arthritic knee condition, is what he called it. Oh so uh, They said it's not going to be a big concern for him. I, we've talked about Todd Gurley many times, so we don't need to continue. But um, it, it's just a question of how much they dial him back at this point. So I don't... I, <laughs> I don't know how much that actually is going to be. You're going to have to see it now. The Daryl Henderson truthers There's gonna are be so alive and well. For the next few Oh, it's months. true. You know where he's going now? He's going like third, fourth pick in the second round. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not lower. That's crazy. Todd really I think from, it's going to keep dropping. The number, it is going to keep dropping. The second he doesn't play a preseason game, people are going to be like, What's, what happened to Todd? Where did he go? <laughs> you losers. Let me draft him. <laughs> Let me do it. Okay. Uh, 49ers tight end Garrett Selleck is recovering from back surgery. Uh, that's meaningless. LaShawn McCoy is expected to be in the same role as last year. So zero fantasy output? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you, you He had like 200 carries last year and he didn't do anything. Did he really? Him. Yeah, something ridiculous. Oh, man. I believe that could be wrong. So I don't. Want I just stat look at the checkers. fantasy numbers and I go, man, he blows. Those losers who listen to podcasts or go on Twitter just to to troll people. The Stat checkers, he had 196 carries and you have 200.
0: <laughs> he actually okay. had 198 carries per <laughs> possession. Get it right.
1: Uh, I really like Devin Singletary, the guy they have behind him, the rookie running back. Who? <laughs> Devin Singletary. What? I think it was a third round pick. Who? Devin Singletary. Devin who? Oh boy, (laughs) Frank Reich and said Paris Campbell. This is a couple Frank Frank Reich notes. He's he's putting everyone on notice, saying, "Hey, we you should probably listen to me." Frank Reich said Paris Campbell will probably affect Nahim Hines' role. Uh, That makes me feel a lot better about Marlon Mack. Uh, He also followed that up by saying, "According to uh, he he said uh, that he wants Marlon Mack to uh, carry the workload at the running back position." Naheem Hines is one of the most overhyped running backs right now. Is there's football. hype around him? There is hype around him. A lot Why? of people because he's a pass catching back. They think he can be like the next Tariq Cohen.
0: He had. Do you know how many targets he had last year? How he many, had 82 targets. How many games did? Uh, how many targets did he have in the games that Marlon Mack missed, though? That would be an interesting stat. That's a deep dive stat is. I'm It is. I'm not, I'm not taking that dive. <laughs> He's like,
1: I'm not. But is I... that worth it? Uh, yeah, no. I, I think that people need to chillax on Marlon Mack. I mean, uh, phew, not on Marlon wow. Mack. My God, that's my guy. Um, on Naheem Hines, I, I don't think that he can produce at the level that people want to believe he can. Um, he might catch a few balls, but I think... Marlon Mack is a good pass-catching running back. He's a good running back in general. Marlon Mack has one dimension to his game, and I think Andrew Luck likes to throw it, too. Like, th- for lack of a better option, Andrew Luck threw it to Naheem Hines. Yeah. I think that was kind of the place. So uh, there's going to be some haters on that because we do have some Naheem Hines truthers. Um, Matt Nagy said he was impressed with David Montgomery's route running. Surprise, surprise. Love you, David Montgomery. That's all I guess. Yeah, you know, these,
0: these quotes Stop it. Don't ruin I'm not, it. I'm not just saying for this. But just in general. <laughs> Isn't like, it ridiculous? Ninety five percent of these quotes in the offseason are just like total BS.
1: So the one thing that I like to do when you when you see all this information is you have to because coaches Everyone gets overhyped about anyone. I saw when you go on rotoworld.com, you look at player news. There's news about, like, four-string wide receivers, and coaches are getting hyped up about him. like, oh, my (laughs) God, this guy's amazing. Like, this is one guy on the 49ers, or I can't remember what team it was, but they've been working with Wes Welker, and they're getting better at route running, and they're, like, getting all excited about him. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, dude, what the crap? (laughs) So, yeah, four-string guys get overhyped. So when you get this hype, you have to back it up with, like, reality. And uh, when you look at some of this stuff, like Matt Nagy saying David Montgomerys he likes David Montgomery's route running, um, you have to look at it and say, okay, what are the actions that they're doing to back up what he's saying? Um, because if he's just saying it to say it, yeah, <laughs> then it means absolutely nothing. For me, I've said this for a while, they traded up to get David Montgomery. They want David Montgomery to be that number one workhorse back and i think this just lends to Matt Nagy and what he wants to do and i think that i think you know, this doesn't mean that he's going to take work away from Tariq Cohen in the passing game but i think they're going to utilize him a little bit in the passing game as a, a lot more than they did what's his name Jordan Howard so that's fair anyway that's fair argument James Conner this is where things get a little wonky okay this has never been a thing ever and this is why you should you should temper this excitement, uh, not excitement, this this comment. James Conner expects to uh, split snaps or or for the snaps to be more evenly distributed between the running backs in Pittsburgh. Um, there's also reports saying that this is supposedly a smokescreen for the Pittsburgh Steelers just trying to get people to think so they're going to split. Who,
0: who reported this? Was it,
1: um, where did it come from? Somebody from an NFL network, I believe. Okay. So, well, it was James Conner saying it. So he said it to some media outsource. I don't know. I don't know. Some media source, I should say, um, that's, but that's interesting. James Connor said it. James Connor said that. Hmm. So people think that that is a smokescreen and that it's not actual reality. Never in Mike Tomlin's life has he have a split has he had a split back system. And the guy sitting behind James Conner, his name is Jalen Samuels
0: and Benny Snell. So Benny Snell sounds like some like eight. <laughs> he's a rookie wide, rookie running back. He Sounds round. like the number eight hitter on uh, someone from the Sandlot. And Benny log.
1: Snell Junior. <laughs> uh, yeah. So James Conner, I don't expect it to be a problem, but if this is something that turns into a problem, I actually did a couple of months ago. I was I was starting to like Jalen Samuels a little bit,
0: but. I, I don't know if I should be doing that or not. Did it? I mean, after this, when James Conner says it, I don't that know. could be a little interesting. Marquez
1: Valdez-Scantling is expected to win the number two depth chart position behind Devontae Adams. Uh, there is a lot of people. This is actually, if you go to fantasypros.com and you look up the ECR of... Uh, The was the wide receivers, Geronimo Allison is ranked higher than Marcus Valdez Scantling. So, somebody either knows something more than me, or I'm sitting here watching the depth chart like start to develop. I think Scantling is going to be over Geronimo Allison next year. Not that it matters, it's the second wide receiver in Green Bay, but (laughs) it's probably gonna be like,
0: I think guys will be late or undrafted.
1: I will say, Valdez Scantling may be on our list today. He was on our, he was
0: on our Instagram Ooh. Instagram
1: post uh, so we may we may talk about him a little bit later but uh, Chris Herndon he he's gonna he probably will face a two- game suspension he got uh, pleaded guilty for DWI driving with I don't even know what that stands for uh, but he pleaded guilty to it and uh, he probably will face a two- game suspension a lot of people thought Chris Herndon was a sleeper at tight end Um this might wah,
0: wah, wah. this might hurt
1: a little bit at the beginning of the season at least. Uh Chad B is expected to be the Vikings third wide receiver. Um ninety percent of the oh, targets good. for the wide receiver position are gonna go to Adam <laughs> Thaleen.
0: That's a good opportunity for him, you know, to be a number three <laughs> to, target to on team like, and uh, to get like twenty five targets maybe a, for the season. <laughs> maybe that's, uh, it's a, that's a potential a high expectation. Yeah, you, you know, you got to temper those expectations down
1: a little bit. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Dante Pettis is expected uh, or not expected. Dante Pettis is turning heads at minicamp, uh, which is not unexpected. Marquise Goodwin is kind of losing his job in San Francisco. Um, yeah. He was like, over the course of the games that he started last year. Ah, never mind. We talk about him later, too. I'm not going to bring Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, Mike Evans restructured his contract. I don't want to give you the details. It was some minute amount and nonsensical thing. That doesn't matter. Um, so that does it for the news. Off-season news is so boring that's what i'm telling <laughs> it's, you dude. It's, it's like so it's, boring. it's this w- was me taking so much information like i wrote down at least 40 news points that we could have talked about and i took out at least 90 percent of them yeah and this is what we came away with and it's still boring as crap um because <laughs> well, all like, i needed was matt Nagy said he's impressed with david montgomery's
0: oh, god. all i needed was that after the nfl draft and free agency, it's just like a wasteland for
1: two months. You just need to get me training camp, and that's it. Just get me there. It's okay. a, it's a
0: slow drudge, slow drudge, and I'm
1: I'm getting there closer and closer. <laughs> but these are going to be the longest two weeks of my life. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Much. Uh, let's move into wide receiver sleepers. Sleepers are so important to constructing a successful fantasy team, and I do want to note because so many people get sleepers and breakouts confused. And then people get frustrated and they're like, why did you not put DJ Moore on this list? Why <laughs> sleepers and breakouts are very different things. Mm-hmm. I think, and I don't want to spoil a show that we are, we will do a show on breakouts and that may change over the next couple months. But I think like guys like Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore, those guys can be breakouts this year, right? Calvin Ridley, like yeah. those guys can break out. They're not necessarily sleepers cause they're going in the mid- middle rounds and and there are guys that people are buying right now. They want those players. Sleepers are players that could probably like. There is a minute chance, probably like two percent, that a sleeper is going to finish as a wide receiver one or a running back one or at the top ten right. of their position. But these are guys that are going to be wide receiver twos, guys that you pick up off the waiver wire. Guys like Philip Lindsay from last year. You know what I mean? If you had Philip Lindsay as a sleeper, you absolutely nailed it. Um, but he was like a he was like a high end wide a running back too. And those are the guys that you're looking at when you're trying to figure out your sleepers. You're getting these guys in late rounds. They're people that can come in and maybe not help your team on a week-to-week basis. Maybe help your team on a week-to-week basis if you have a weak right. position. But they're also tradable assets. And there's also the off chance that you get that 2% guy that hits. You know what I mean? Yep. Like a James Conner late in last year. So that those, what, those are what sleepers are. Yes, if you're complaining about us not talking about DJ Moore for the 14th time... You know, I know you want to. I know you want to. Um, so let's get into the sleepers at the wide receiver position for 2019. I'll start. Okay. <sighs> now I've got to choose one. I'm going to take uh, Dante Pettis.
0: Okay. I'll
1: take Dante okay. Pettis. Uh, Dante Pettis is actually going, I believe, in the eighth or ninth round right now, which is a little he's bit. up. He's him. a middle round guy. Um, He's moving up the board a little bit, but I've noticed that people are sleeping on him right now because there are guys like Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore. Some of those guys are ahead of him, and people want to draft them a little bit more. Um, I like Dante Pettis because last year you came into the season. I think we both had the same sentiment about Marquise Goodwin being the guy um at the right. at the number one wide you know the number one wide receiver in in the, in the 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo for a full season and so i really felt that there was going to be some kind of breakout for Marquise Goodwin obviously Jimmy G tore his acl so Marquise, changed correct, Marquise yeah. Goodwin got hurt so Dante Pettis arose in the uh what is it called the uh the rankings as the season went along he started he started i think seven or eight games and over those games he looked really good Um, when he started starting I think it was week eight or nine from that point to the end of the season he was a wide receiver 20 so he finished just in the wide receiver two conversation Um, I don't remember I think it was in the 2018 draft he was picked with the 12th pick in the second round Um, and he's a very He's a very talented guy. His measurables aren't amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. It's not. You he know. was a
0: second-round pick, though?
1: Second-round pick, yeah. So that's not bad. So he was a guy that was expected to come in and be a good player. He showed signs of being really good. And I think if he ends up, which it looks like right now, mini camps, OTAs, all of that stuff, coming together, I think that he's starting to look like the number one wide receiver for the 49ers, if he lands the number one wide receiver and Jimmy Garoppolo stays on the field the whole season, which sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. Um, I think Dante Pettis could finish as a mid range wide receiver too. Yeah. Um, and I think that people are sleeping on this guy. Like you might even be able to, in some drafts, get him in the 10th round. I, that's kind of pushing it a little bit, but well, I really do I like think, Dante Pettis.
0: Yeah. I think he will go actually in the 10th round in a lot of drafts cause people will see his name. Especially if you're just in, like, a common redraft league and be like, who's that? Isn't yeah. he, like, the, the uh, Ravens tight end? <laughs> They're going to be like,
1: who's mean? that? Unless you followed the waiver wire closely last year. Yeah, that's true.
0: Joe but and your family no, idea is I mean, going to be you know, like, who
1: the crap is Dante Pettis? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Uncle Jim. Um, I I like him, and I like pretty much anyone on the 49ers this year, so yeah, I'm not I hating know. on your take at all. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm with you. You want to hear my guy? Yeah, sure. Number one off my list is somebody that you hate, Uh, but I love. I've always had a soft spot for him. You want want to know what his name is? What's his name? Corey Davis. Uh, Love me some Corey Davis. I know you do. Now, his number is probably... I don't know if you just looked that up. while well, you were tipping fifth, fifth overall pick. He was. He, what was it again? You want fifth to tell me? overall. Oh, okay. All right. What was it? One more time. A uh, f- fifth overall. Oh, okay. What, what you, was
1: that? The 2017 draft. Yes. 2016. I say, 2017. I say it was
0: 2017. <laughs> so receivers, it usually does take a few years for them. Yeah. To kind of take that next step. I mean, if you watched when the Titans played New England in the playoffs, I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um. Or two years ago. Sorry. He actually had a fantastic game. And there was one play where he went up in double coverage in the back of the end zone and ripped it away from two Patriots corners. And everyone was like, oh, who is this guy? I mean, he's, he's extremely talented. <sighs> Hasn't done anything yet in the NFL, though. Yeah. And I will say that. However, you might ask, what might change this year? For one, it's it's the prime year, right? It's you like, lead in with it's, like you lead in with a question. This is a sleeper, okay? He's like he's like I'm I not, gotta justify. My I am. I'm justifying <laughs> this. This is the jump year for receivers, yep. right? Typically, the third year. typically, third yep. Year. It is just, yeah. yep. Exactly. No, that's very true. Second, third it's year. It's his third year. Yep. This is kind of the year where it's like, okay, he shows his potential. And number two, which I think could also be a key factor, is. If Ryan Tannehill takes that job, we haven't seen Ryan Tannehill yet in that offense. He is probably a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. I think it's debatable, but when it comes to just throwing just naturally throwing the throwing ball, the football, yeah. he probably is better. So I would love to see what Ryan Tannehill can do with Corey Davis. Yep. And I think they could be really talent or really good together. And even I think last year, Corey Davis had a few games where he got like nine or ten catches and had like a really good game, but fantasy-wise just didn't do anything because it was Marcus Mariota. And he had like 80 yards receiving pretty much. Yeah. So in standard leagues, it was just eight fantasy points, and everybody was like, oh. But in the game, he was actually very good. So if Ryan Tannehill takes over, or even if Marcus Mariota can stay healthy and Corey Davis takes that next step, you could be getting a steal at the 10th round.
1: So... My thing is not necessarily – it doesn't have anything to do with Corey Davis's ability or talent. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they don't have a quarterback that can throw the football. In the last few years, you not only have seen a decrease statistically for Marcus Mariota, but you've also seen a decrease in the amount they pass the football over the last three seasons. Or the last four seasons, I believe. So for me, when I look at a guy like Marcus Mariota throwing it to Corey Davis, like he's had all of the opportunity in right. the world as the number one wide receiver to be that guy. If Marcus Mariota loses the job to Ryan Tannehill, which to be honest with you, I don't expect to happen. But if if that happens, you might see more of. I, I see. I don't. I see these two guys so close together, Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota, that it's just like. Is there really going to be that? Leak? Maybe not. But like, if is Corey it, Davis went to a team with a quarterback, they would be. He would be. He would be way up on my draft board. Like he would be in my top twenty-five. Yeah. But it's just because he doesn't have any quarterback. So throwing him the football. Here's, here's what I'll say. With and that. they're going to be running. They're going to be running it a lot with Derrick Henry. Is, so I just those are my concerns about Corey. No,
0: Davis. Are, they're fair. They're fair. I'm not dissing you. But and
1: being a ninth round pick right now is kind of mm, sketch
0: for me. So is so you said there's like no difference to you between Tannehill and and uh, uh, Mariota, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think Tannehill can throw the ball a little bit better. But who
0: I, is better, Tannehill or Blaine Gabbert? Uh, Tannehill. Okay. Uh, oh, come on! Don't. <laughs> Don't. I'll say Daniel for it. Okay. Because that is something that you need to keep in mind, too. Because I'm going to look up the exact numbers here in a second. But I think Blaine you Gabbert. You said Blaine
1: Gabbert. I thought you said Blake Bortles. No, Blaine Gabbert. I was convinced Gabbert. that you said Blake Bortles. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he's better than Blaine Gabbert. Okay, thank
0: you. <laughs> he, I was. That's why I was like, dude. <laughs> so last year, Yeah. Blaine Gabbert played in eight games. Now imagine... Ryan Tannehill is playing those eight games instead of Blaine Gabbert. Right? Doesn't that change things a little bit for you? A little
1: you? bit. So, so, go ahead.
0: I just think it's inevitable that Mariota is going to get hurt, like he right. does every year. And when he does, instead of Blaine Gabbert coming in, it's Ryan Tannehill. So Corey Davis will, won't just disappear off the face of the, the earth. The
1: thing, the thing that concerns me, and I, I uh, uh, let me just look this up for a second. Um So, last year he had a 58% catch rate, which is obviously not the best in the world. One of the things that I wanted to look at, and and I just pulled it up. This is an interesting situation. So, his catch rate was 58%. The true catch rate is a combination of his catchable target rate and his catch rate. So, his catchable target rate, which basically means balls thrown in his direction that were catchable, not sucky friggin' targets, um, was 76%. Which means his true catch rate is seventy five point six. So what this tells me is that his his catch rate drops a full fifteen points just because his quarterback blows. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. But so, again, remember, Mike Gabbert was playing in half of those games. The other thing is is the efficiency. In the two years he's played, his yards per target is eight. and His yards per reception is is around thirteen. Um, and so, for for a wide receiver, one, what you're looking for at those two spots is that you want your yards per target to be like 12, and yards per reception to be like 15. So, that's kind of the range that you would expect Corey Davis to be. I just, for me, my concern is only this: is is the pure fact that he doesn't have a quarterback to throw him the football. Yeah. And for 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 wide receivers, that really does affect your potential. Like you're gonna see Marquise Brown. Uh, no, not Mark. Is it Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, on the yes. Baltimore Ravens? Yes. Drafted high in the draft, he's one. Of, he was one of the first wide receivers off the board. I think oh he yeah, pick yeah. twenty. He's not going to be good for a couple of years if if that. Until they figure out if Lamar Jackson can throw the football, so I think Corey Davis and that guy's in the same conversation. But if Corey Davis had a quarterback, the conversation would be entirely different. I just think I can't put him on my sleeper list because. I've been, following, I've been following him for three years as well. That's like the first year he came in the league and you told me he was a first-round pick, I got sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> I was like fifth overall. I was like, let's go. <laughs> He's a good, good, very talented wide receiver. Um, and if you look at some of his numbers, not to ramble on, but some of his numbers for the first half of the season, he averaged, he averaged um, eight and a half targets a game. Uh, because of his terrible catch rate and his terrible quarterback, he only pulled down about four and a half targets per game. So if you prorate that out to a full season, he would have to get been targeted 135 times, um, got 1,024 yards and four touchdowns. He finished the season with six, so I think you could give him seven or eight instead. Um, But at that point, you you launch yourself into that wide receiver two conversation. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is towards the back half of the season. So the front half of the season, he had one game with 13 receptions. He had one game with 15, I mean, uh, 13 targets. He had another game with 15 targets. He had two games with 10 targets over the last half of the year. The, he had one game, two games with seven targets. And then after that, the next best one was like four or five. So it's like, I don't know what, ha- I, that was probably the Blaine Gabbard effect. I was just going to look that up. Probably the Blaine Gabbard effect. Um, so it's just it's a concerning trend for me if Marcus Mariota is not going to be efficient as a passer in that offense this year then Corey Davis is not going to be a guy that you can rely on in this season and I think as a sleeper I don't know if people are really sleeping on him because I think he's getting picked at the spot he should be picked at. Maybe a little bit further back. I think he's actually getting overhyped a little bit. If you want to, if you're hey, asking don't, me, don't but,
0: diss on my man Corey Davis. I'm bro. not dissing. I'm sorry, boss.
1: Uh, let's move to the next one. Um, I'm going to take Marquez Valdez Scantling. Now that's okay. a difficult name. Wow. Well, I'll abbreviate MVS. That's what we'll call him. MVS.
0: MVS. So.
1: For me, Marcus Valdez-Scantling uh, is one of those third – he really didn't break out at all last year. He no. came in and had a couple of decent games, um, and it was like two or three weeks – I think it was the course of four weeks that people were like, well, I'm going to go out and get this guy. Um, and it was because Geronimo Allison got hurt, and so right. he started to see more targets. Um what I've seen in the last couple weeks is that the Packers are really falling in love with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And if he does win that wide receiver two job, then he can take a leap over uh, Geronimo Allison mm-hmm. for that number two spot on the roster. Um, if that happens. Last year, Aaron Rodgers threw it. I think, I think the Packers had the number two amount, like they, were, they ranked number two in the league in the amount of passes that they threw. So for me, there's going to be a crap ton of targets for the Green Bay Packers. They're yeah. going to throw it a lot. It's just that it's the Packers. What else do you expect? They're going to throw it to Devontae Adams a lot. But I think there are other receivers on the team. And I think Marquez, Valden Scantling being the number two receiver, them throwing it as much. He's going to have – I'm not going to put a number on it, but he's going to have the opportunity. Um, I believe Valdez, Scantling was a fourth-round pick. So he wasn't... Yeah, I think... Yeah, he he wasn't... He's not like this amazing, talented wide receiver that got drafted extremely high. But I think that he has the potential to be really good. Now... He's a guy that you can get in like the thirteenth, fourteenth round, like late, late, late. Oh yeah, in the he's draft. going thirteenth. Like round if you're looking, area. if you're not drafting quarterbacks and tight ends at that point, you're looking for like really sleeper guys. So you like, already have your team set. Yeah, and just like, like this the, is a guy that you can take, and I think that there's an opportunity for him to to rise up into that wide receiver two conversation. He could be that next Randall Cobb type of player. Yeah. So especially I if Rodgers has it, a bounce back right. year, especially which if Rodgers has a bounce back year, he's expected to do. Yeah. And uh, the other thing was is that he was a rookie in 2019, so the expectations never meet the reality when it comes to these wide receivers, um, especially in their rookie years. So, for me, going into his second year, a lot of the guys on my list for for sleepers are second year players mm-hmm. that have an opportunity to break out. Um, and so for me, I don't know if Alden Scantling has any opportunity of being in a wide receiver one, that's basically impossible when you already have a really good wide receiver on your team, but I think he hasn't, yeah. he has the possibility of being a mid range wide receiver too, which is extremely valuable on your fantasy team, especially at the wide receiver position where, you know, uh, it, it's hard to get top level wide receivers. Um, and there's so many like. The guys between eight and like 20 are all generally, you know, not the same guys, but they're generally like the same type of player, um, right. producing around the same numbers. So for me, Valdis Scantling is that guy. I think he could be, he could have a really, really nice season, uh, especially if he lands as the wide receiver two. If he's the wide receiver three, I think it's going to take <laughs> probably. A few weeks into the season for something to happen, but he's one of my sleepers, and I will definitely be taking him most likely in the 13th, 14th round.
0: Yeah, I, I again, I'm liking your picks. I don't really disagree here. Um, especially if you're, if he is going higher, I would disagree, but the fact that yeah. he's going in rounds 13, 14 right now, yep. he is getting slept on. I mean, he, has as I think he probably will be the number two receiver in Green Bay this year. Yeah. And again, if that happens, where Aaron Rodgers is healthy, Aaron Rodgers is back to being Aaron Rodgers, he's going to put up similar numbers to, as you said, He was Ramo a fifth Club. round draft pick. Fifth round, yeah. yeah. So he was somewhere in that range. But uh, You want to give me, or do you want me to give you my next guy? Yes, sir. I was tempted to steal your guy, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I'll go with someone who I just threw on the board. Well, I was thinking, should I put him here? And then I decided yes. That man.
1: <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I decided, yeah, sure. Bill Belichick yeah. in any trades. <laughs> he's like, uh, should I trade for Michael Roberts? Yes.
0: Um, Yeah, I guess I'll yeah, you You could take stuff. a seventh round pick. Oh, he failed the physical? No, uh, uh, who cares? Uh, who cares? Just won a championship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my guy, D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. So here's a guy who he's going late in drafts um i'm not sure what round i think it's like the 11th so when you're to me with a lot of these guys that we're bringing up with the receivers you're kind of looking at people who are getting slept on and have the potential to be maybe not a wr1 because that's a little bit much this late in the draft right but at least a wr2 and i think dd westbrook can definitely be a wr2 uh he's going to be he has a very good chance to be the guy in Jacksonville. I think he yeah. probably is the guy. He's their number one option. And they no longer have Blake Bortles. They now <laughs> have a guy named Nick Foles. Now say what you want about Nick Foles, but I think most people would agree that he's probably a better quarterback than Blake Bortles. Yeah. Especially just throwing the ball and I think Jacksonville isn't going to throw the ball a lot this year, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they are going to throw the ball more than they did last year. They have to. Right. And if they do that, which I think they will do that, D.D. Westbrook will succeed. He's going to get targets. We'll see more in training camp right? of who Nick Foles kind of like develops a friendship <laughs> with and is kind of like his go-to guy. Right. But if that ends up being – somebody Westbrook. in Jacksonville is going to emerge. I think it's, as of right now, D.D. Westbrook. And if that's the case, you know, and you're getting him in the 11th, 12th round, yeah. wherever he's going right now, that's pretty good.
1: I think the interesting thing with a guy like – because I actually like D.D. Westbrook too. Um, the interesting thing with a guy like D.D. Westbrook is that last year he did have – he had four games, uh, three games where he was over 10 targets. And then a bunch of games where he had six, seven, or eight so he didn't have a terrible, terrible season last year. Uh if you want to put it no, in perspective didn't. to like fantasy wise, he blew. But <laughs> um in in this reality, he had seven hundred receiving yards and five touchdowns. So he wasn't absolutely awful when it came to uh <laughs> being a wide receiver in the yeah, NFL. No, he in was good. Um, he especially is a, in the situation that he was right. There. He is a talented guy. He was a fourth round draft pick. His measurables aren't terrible, but I think the interesting thing about DD Westbrook is the fact that he did have uh, Blake Bortles as his quarterback right. last year. Now, my question is, is Nick Foles really any different? Now I say that in the context of they're gonna throw it less. Not the fact that Nick well, Blake Bortles, I mean uh, Nick Foles blows, because I do think he blows but um I don't know if, if Nick Foles is going to throw it a lot. He's a game manager. He is and so my concern is that the any jacksonville wide receiver is going to be a little bit risky. Um obviously if you're drafting late and you have dd westbrook and you're going after him, I think you can consider him a sleeper. But for me, I think that I just don't think he's going to have that wide receiver 2 season. I think he'll fall more in the wide receiver 3 conversation and uh maybe low end wide receiver 3 and I think that he's okay. not really going to help the team. Like he'll he'll sit on your waiver wire. Hovering right around that, should I pick him up? Should I not pick him up? And everyone should I not pick him up? <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So I think that D.D. Westbrook, you know, is he a draftable asset? That's the question that I want to ask myself. And and when I look at the situation in Jacksonville, I just don't think so.
0: So you think you think Jacksonville's going to run the ball more this year? Than they I think there, year? I
1: think there's going to be more touches going in the direction of Leonard Fournette. Okay, so. Passing, like Nick Foles loves to throw it to the dump offs, not necessarily running. He does, backs, but he, he likes does, but he, you know
0: what, he he also likes taking the risk. He likes throwing a deep ball. He is a game manager, <clears throat> yes, but that I don't think that necessarily means they're he's, they're yeah. going to throw the ball less. I mean, could I see an improvement, especially when you're going from Blake Bortles to anybody?
1: Here's the thing: he was he was a target. He was targeted 101 times last year. Do you see that increasing at all?
0: Yes. How much? 101. Uh I guess he can get in like 140. 140. Yep. I was going to say 120 maybe. 130. I mean I'll his him, catch rate his catch
1: rate doesn't below it's 65%. So to me I I mean if he gets into that 140 range he could
0: actually yeah. be really good, but I'll say 140 uh, is a little much, but... Yeah.
1: I, I, we have to see... I think he is going to get more targets. The unfortunate stuff. thing for me is that we have to look at, like, when Nick Foles... The one thing I'd like to look at is when, when obviously, different offense, but when Nick Foles was on the field the same time as Alshon Jeffrey in Philly, mm. how how good did Alshon Jeffrey perform over the course of those weeks? I don't have those numbers, so I'm teasing Trying our to audience. just
0: go off memory that he was uh, kind of inconsistent, right? Yeah.
1: So... I mean, you want to hope that a guy like D.D. Westbrook breaks out, but I think out of all the guys that we talk about on the show, I'm not sure D.D. Westbrook is going to be the most likely to do okay, that.
0: Okay, D.D. Westbrook or Corey Davis?
1: Uh, Corey Davis. Oh, wow, look yeah. at you. Probably. I just For me, both the guys is for the quarterbacks. It, it really is. I think when you look at Westbrook, it is his third year, though. So third-year mm-hmm. breakout.
0: I'm telling You're you. You're going bro. with a third-year
1: breakout. So I'm going with the second year, guys.
0: Dude, learn from <laughs> me last year, second yeah. second year breakout ain't where it's at. It's the third year. Let's move Cory Davis.
1: Yeah. Let's move on to uh the last guy we're going to talk about. This is an interesting guy. There were some other guys on our list. I had uh Deshaun Jackson just as a reference. Cortland um, Sutton for me. You yeah, had Cortland Sutton. So the last guy I'm going to say is Curtis Samuel. Um I mean Oh, okay. I the heard. Curtis Samuel. Okay. From Carolina. Okay. The reason why I like Curtis Samuel is that last year he was what is it, the number number three wide receiver on the team or something like yeah, that? He was, yep. He had a he had a bunch of really decent weeks and he ended up having a relatively, you know, decent season when it I mean uh, yeah, a relatively decent season when it came to how he performed, but there were just never like any games that you were gonna start Curtis Samuel at all. He was uh the eighth overall pick in the second round, um, and his measurables are really good. Um yes. so for him, he's sitting behind DJ Moore. And this is the way I'm looking at it. If I'm drafting DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel's going in like the fifteenth round right now, by the way. Uh if I'm drafting DJ Moore then I'm probably going to go draft Curtis Samuel to throw him in the conversation. right? Because I think one of these Panthers wide receivers is going to break out this year, one, at least one of them. And I think for Curtis Samuel, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him, but he was actually, to me, when I looked at him, I think he was the better pass catcher than DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore is like a playmaker. Curtis Samuel is the better pass catcher and he's a better route runner. So I think for for me if you were going to choose a guy that was going to have a better season at cuz Carolina Panthers wide receivers don't usually generally have no. like huge wide wide receiver one seasons but you have two talent two talented guys and you could arguably see like like when you look at when you look at Adam Thielen it's a completely different situation but Adam Thielen and Stephen Diggs they're so close to each other in the in the the rankings you know, for fantasy football. I don't understand why Curtis Samuel is not closer ranked or closer drafted to DJ Moore. Everyone's just assuming DJ Moore is going to be that guy. Well, what happens if it ends up being Curtis Samuel, then you're sitting there as a fantasy owner Mm. going, what the crap did I do? I (laughs) should have taken Curtis Samuel. Like for me, I'm avoid that situation in leagues that I draft Kurt, DJ Moore. I'll draft Curtis Samuels. So you know how I'm going
0: to avoid the situation is just to stay away from the Carolina Panthers <laughs> wide receivers.
1: What difference does it make? It's a 15th round pick. No, I, I know, I know. He, if he's
0: he's going in the 15th round. He's probably most leagues he's going undrafted. Yes, I I think he's a, he's getting slept on then because there's a very good chance, as you said, that he could actually yeah. be the number one guy in Carolina. Or if not, he's definitely going to be the number two guy. But right. just personally, for me, it's just like Cam Newton's shoulder is like very scary to me. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> He's like, I fear. I, no had, facts, I had nightmares about Cam Newton's shoulder. I did.
0: Shoulder. I woke up in a sweat after yeah. Todd Gurley's arthritis knee and Cam Newton's shoulder were attacking me. Flip. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, overall, though, I do like the idea right. of Curtis Samuel.
1: I think. Th- I think the other thing is, too, is... Th- so not to take anything away from our, our boy Christian McCaffrey, but I think they, they hey, watch yourself they here. can't justifiably throw it to the running back position as much as they did last yeah, year. Yeah, what was it like Yeah, he, he had, had like a hundred ten hundred something receptions, yeah. Um so I think for me, they're gonna start throwing it to these guys. And the question is which one they're both gonna get their opportunities. I think they're both gonna have their, you know, top ten weeks in fantasy football, but it's a, it's a matter of which one's going to be the guy. Like I'm hoping that somebody in this wide receiver core, you know, breaks out. Um, And so over the course of the last, I think it was six, seven weeks of the year from week 11 to 17, I believe um, he had 22 receptions, 315 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, His catch rate was around 60%. Um, if you prorate that out, it would have been like 60 catches for 840 yards and five touchdowns for the season. That is a good second year for a wide receiver. Um, He was not a rookie, by the way. I flailed on that.
0: He was? Oh, he was second year. Second year guy. So this is a
1: third year breakout. Um, So for Curtis Samuel, I think that is a good second year, and I think he can build upon that. Like, if you came back to me, you know, at the end of the year, and you said, Oh, you got that right. I would think that Curtis Samuel is probably, if he ups what he does from this year, mm-hmm. I think he could reach seven or eight touchdowns in 1,200 yards. That's a lot of output. So it really depends on if he gets that wide receiver one spot because Cam Newton doesn't throw it a lot. You know no, how, I, how many really. years has Cam Newton been in the league? Six. All right, I'm going to give you an over under. Okay. Over under two. On the amount of times Cam Newton has thrown for 4,000 yards.
0: That's actually, it might be under just because of injuries.
1: It is under. And he's only done it once. Wow. His rookie year. Really? (laughs)
0: Yes. Oh, wow.
1: So, and that's not even excluding, that's a, you know, for injuries, that injuries didn't affect it. There were seasons where he played 15, 16 games and didn't get 4,000 yards. He's not. A prolific passing quarterback.
0: Well, it doesn't help that they do run it a lot, and he runs it a lot, Yes, right. So, I think only one
1: of these guys can do it. I think DJ Moore, just as a first-round pick and with all the talent, can, but... A lot of people are sleeping on Curtis Samuel, and I think Curtis Samuel could finish, even if, you know, I don't think both guys are going to be successful, but I think the ceiling for Curtis Samuel this year is, is a wide receiver, too, and if you're getting that in the 15th round, I, you can justify it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that'll do it for our sleepers
0: Oh, there you go. at the wide receiver position, we could added, not for all of them. Um, just one quick name. I won't have to argue why, but James Washington. We both had him on the list. Yeah,
1: both of us had him on the list. Uh,
0: Steeler's number two receiver. Watch out for him.
1: Uh, there is a report floating around that Dante Moncrief may be the wide receiver too, which is a little bit concerning about that. But I, I don't know. I really do like James. James Washington was the, was supposed to be Juju. <laughs> I'll say that. He's a, he was a first-round pick. His first, second-round pick. His player comp is Antonio Brown, uh, according to the playerprofiler.com. And so... James Washington, really good player, but I, I don't not, I'm not sure if they're even going to – I mean, I hope they utilize him, but if they start throwing it to Dante Moncrief a bunch, frick me. Right. <laughs> um, so that'll do it for our wide receivers, sleepers. Be sure to listen on Thursday as we talk about our last edition of sleepers for this year. Who knows? Maybe we'll throw another show in, give you an overall sleeper crowd after, uh, you know, the preseason starts. <laughs> um, but this is our last pre-training camp sleepers show. And on Thursday, we talk about running backs. Um, and we'll go over a quick question, an interesting question that uh, we discussed before this program. Ooh. Uh, so you got any uh, closing ideas for us, boss?
0: Bro, don't you dare dis on my man, Corey Davis, ever again. I will dis on him every or day. I will life. just throw Christian McCaffrey and give him his big bicep right arm punch to your cheek, right in your left cheek. Talk to you Thursday, Fantasy Champs. <laughs> Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.